awesome. Awesome. That was awesome. You guys are awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you are awesome. Sir, you are awesome. Seriously. Awesome. 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 Everything is awesome. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. If we did recover that first 10 minutes, this is Deja Vu cast for some people. Uh, please welcome to the show um, a guy who uh, made my day about uh, 10 to 12 weeks ago uh, by simply sending me a message saying, hey, lug, check out your show. It's great. If you ever want to you know, guest on my show or you want me to guest on your show, I'd love to do it. Uh, in since I've started this show, uh, is the first person that that reached out to me, and it took us a long time to get this scheduled, but we finally did. Uh, and I'm so. And here's the beautiful thing about having to do a do-over: I can get it right without being a <laughs> fool. Please welcome to the show from 25 o'clock the podcast, Dan. I'm going to try to pronounce your last name now because I want to okay. say one thing that. That, and I'll explain why. Is but it I'm Rocky go- Four? Are you going to say it because of Rocky Four? No, I'm not. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to go what I think it actually is, not what I want to say. And that wait, Drago, Drago, Drago. Oh, you know. Okay, so so I have I, uh, my buddy and anyone that's listened to the show. Um, I forget what episode numbers, but it was early on. Um, Mike D'Angelo, he he created this world called Tellist. And in a version of a book that I wrote about 10, 15 years ago, uh, I have a dragon named Drago. Uh, well, it, that's, it, it, that is what it means in, uh, in, yeah. in Italian. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's so. So my initial, my gut reaction was right. I just went with with the wrong thing. Well, people always do the, the Drago thing, and I get uh, all the Rocky IV uh, references to, to my name the, from the, the, the Dolph Lundgren character, who's playing Russian and not a Sicilian. Uh, but that's fine, because if you, if you actually see me in person, I look about as much like a Sicilian as, uh, you know, David Bowie. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I, th- I've never seen, I'm a terrible Philadelphian. I've never seen a Rocky movie. Um, and that is partially because, uh, I'm uh, the idea of boxing. And from what I've learned, Rocky one, at least has nothing to do with boxing. Really? Not really. Uh, no, it's just a great 1970s, uh, yeah. film. And it's really cool to sort of see uh, what um, what Philadelphia looked like mm-hmm. uh, in the a lot of films that got made like in the seventies and early eighties with Philadelphia, like Watch Trading Places or something like that. You really get to see what the city looked like and realize uh, how far it's really come. Like anyone who wants to, anyone who wants to take a can can we use words uh, on this podcast? We can say whatever you yeah. want. People like to shit on my city and be like, "Oh, you're dirty, you're filthy, you're violent. You know, your your people are full of jerks. Your sports fans are the worst." To which I all say, "Valid, but I freaking love this city, and it's not even my city by well, it, it technically is my city by birth, but this is not where I grew up." Uh, okay. We can get there though. I I don't want to throw your yeah. No, your that's actually you're like going right to the <laughs> origin story. I like it. You're you know how to run up. I don't even need to be here. You, you know can what? talk the whole time. <laughs> If you just want to take off, I'll just talk about myself for the next sixty minutes. That's fine. Yeah, I could. I, I'm gonna go get some KFC. And- <laughs> I was talking to my wife earlier today. Uh, we were, you know, having dinner up in, in in the house, and I had mentioned. I said, "I'm really tired," and she said, "Like, oh, you you have to do that that podcast tonight." I said, "Yeah." She's like, "You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be you, you're gonna make it." I said, "When have I ever been so tired that I don't want to talk about myself?" 
That's uh, my fiance. Uh, she loves that I do the podcast. The whole reason I started this podcast was uh, uh, simply to sit down and talk to people. Like I, lo- I love talking, and and I think twenty plus episodes in now, people know this about yeah. me now. Like they know. I, like I, I as we. So I don't know if we caught it or not, but we were talking about like how we kind of differ um in how we we start the show mm-hmm. um i like to know. do well i call it the ambush but it, it's mm. not an ambush because ambush basically what i do is that someone comes in the house they come downstairs within um within seconds of their butt hitting the chair the 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 mic is on and live and sometimes depending if i can think about it um when i know they're coming before i answer the door i run down real quick and hit record and then oh, I come back smooth. upstairs, and then we just come downstairs. So, like, you know, you get the first five, six minutes that they come in, they get a drink of water, maybe they got to use the restroom, and then they come down, and then I edit out that first chunk. But mm-hmm. like I was saying, you just you never know if they're just going to sit in the chair and, like, look at something in the room and be like, oh, that reminds me of a thing, and then, boom, you're off to the races. And I would hate to be like, hey, can you stop, and can you say that again? Like, that's, wow, you, you'll never kind of recreate that moment, so... I just keep it running. And I let them know. Very often they're just like, oh, are we rolling? I said, oh, yeah, we've been rolling since you sat down yes. in the chair. Yeah, and that's something that I had. Like, the, I'm, I, I think, about 20 episodes in, as as we mentioned earlier. And um, I, uh, I, that's something that is, like, kind of, like, your common theme is – uh, saying like, oh yeah, we've been rolling for a while. I mean, we're we're just going, and it, it it's it's not a gotcha moment. Like, I'm not trying to get anybody. If anything, I don't know. People tend to be a little more open when they don't think they're being taped. But that's again, that's not the point either. I'm not trying to get you to say something that you wouldn't that you wouldn't if you thought about it not have said. And I always tell mm. people uh, in my FAQ and in my follow ups with them, I said, you know, I said finish the episode it's great we're buzzing we've been talking for a while go home if in our home you realize like you know what when i told that story about that guy from three years ago maybe i don't want that story out there shoot me a line i'll take out anything that you want me to take out before we before i go to you know before i go out there once it's out there it's out there like i'd be like i'm sorry man like i'm not trying to make anyone sound bad or make anyone make bad choices but if it's out there, it's out there. I ain't taking it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, and that's like totally where we have something in common. Like I, um, I, and I've been starting. Uh, like I think the last, um, I think two interviews I've done, including this one, if that first ten minutes is recovered, uh, <laughs> is you know we hit recording, kind of go. Yeah. Um, and then, but uh, I, 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 um, Kevin Smith is one of the guys who like made me do this kind of podcast because originally i don't know if you listen to kevin smith's podcast or not but i'm familiar uh, yeah he was one of the first cats in the game yeah or at least oh, one yeah, of the first totally. guys with a name him yes uh adam carolla yep um and uh i, I mean marin it- to a point i mean marin had been kicking around since uh oh seven oh eight no, there maybe is... even later. Uh, I, I can't remember when he started. And he does so many episodes that it's hard to just like count by number. Yeah, well, I, yeah, Smith started in 06-ish, I believe. It makes total sense that he would be uh, one of the yeah. first guys in on this uh, sort of medium. And I forget, I think the dude's name like is like Larry or Len something. And he was like, 
the like considered the first podcaster and i and i used to know this history for yeah. whatever uh, god unknown reason i have no idea why i knew it <laughs> but um yeah it's, uh, so uh smith does a podcast um I, i've actually i used to listen to his podcast exclusively plus a couple wrestling podcasts mm-hmm. uh, from like stone cold who is still excellent I, I actually every now and then will still tune in and chris jericho who is also really good at, at talking um and i'll check out every now and then but i gave up a lot of those mainstream ones for um like local guys just from from being in this world yeah. and kind of fully embracing it this time around versus um like trying to figure out how to make money off of it before <laughs> oh god uh, yeah yeah it's like it's like being in your first band and being like how do we get paid and then like now i'm in my 30s and i'm just like uh, let's just get together and play yeah yeah no and that's that's so th- this show came from a combination of like oh i really like um how kevin smith talks does he does a show called fat man on batman and back in the day it was literally him talking to people that were involved with batman uh and like going from origin to current and his intros are always very long-winded and that's kind of where I, I i take that method of podcasting mm. i like to try and I, I don't do it as uh, well as Kevin Smith, but I try to give a long-winded, winded, elegant uh, intro for my guests to kind of blow them up a little bit. And um, and and the idea for this show was originally like, let me talk to other podcasters. And I was so naive two years ago that I was like, there's no way I'll be able to find enough podcasters to do this show. Oh, there's plenty of us, uh, man. And and, and, it, and I knew there was a lot. Like, I knew that there was a million pod. Like, there was thousands upon hundreds of thousands of podcasters to choose from. But I didn't think it would be easy to, to land one. Um, little did I know that, like, when I embraced podcasting for podcasting, that it was a really cool tight knit community. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've I've definitely met a lot of cool people that way. Um there's a lot of people out there doing it. Um yeah. it's, you know, and as we move more towards or as we move, we're there. I we're not moving there. We are there. As we have moved towards a more, you know, broadcasting the human experience sort of thing right there. Uh yeah. podcasting makes sense it makes sense that you would yeah. make your own radio show i've been essentially podcasting since i was seven years old with a fisher price tape recorder except yeah. no one else could freaking hear it mm-hmm. no exactly and and that's i i didn't really see it's weird i found all these things that i wanted to do very late in life like i i never really knew what i wanted to do and then like in my mid to late 20s and and i started podcasting at 20 uh, in 07 um you were one of the first man yeah yeah i and and it's and i've been saying i thought it was 06 i've been saying for the last few weeks uh 10 years 10 years and um i i something finally popped up in my my time hop or my facebook memories or something that was me posting like the like the third episode of my first podcast i did and i was like oh so that was only nine years ago i thought it was 10 uh and that's partially uh i guess i I, oh six just stands out i guess because that's when podcasting first happened and and i remember being early on but yeah, it's it's amazing that I I've been doing it for nine years, but I never I, I started out because I just wanted to sit around and, and talk and kind of find a way to make money off of it, uh, which is so the wrong way. Like my advice say, now, how'd, how'd that go? 
Yeah, no, uh, not well. Uh, if if anything, uh, it definitely cost me a lot more money, and I was more upset about it. <laughs> oh, uh, now, now at thirty two, like I, I probably dropped uh, for the Philadelphia, not not just the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, but for this show, everything is awesome, and a lot of it is you know is for the podcast festival. Um, I dropped like over like probably close to $200 on just useless crap that I, but I was, ha- I'm happy well, what's, to do what's it. What's the useless crap? Wait, what do you mean? Like, like gear or like, no, like a, like a, a banner <laughs> with, with the show oh. name on it. Okay. Uh, and like none of that stuff. Well, and that's so and, hard. Yeah. Well, so, and, and this episode, because we're both on the same night, um, we are, uh, so you can, uh, we'll, we'll get this plug out right away. Uh, if you're in the Philly area, come check out uh, Everything is Awesome at 2 p.m. and stay the whole day to check out 25 o'clock at 7 p.m. Yep. Yeah, I, I close out the night, which hopefully uh, hopefully everyone is loose enough, uh, but yeah. not so far gone that they either fall asleep or yell uh, yeah. during the podcast. I, I will accept neither. I will accept neither sleeping nor yelling. Anything in between you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited. This it's again, nine years since my last live show. I did a live show in 07. My first one uh, was last year. I'd never yeah. done it before. And we did it two weeks in a row because, uh, cause the people at, well, actually not because they asked us, but because I asked them, uh, okay. where I was just like, you got two weekends. They're like, yeah. I said, you want me for both? And they're just like, and I guess, you know, they was, they're only their second year. So they're just like, yes, yeah. content. Yes. Can you do it twice? We're like, yes, yes. And I was just like, I'm not even positive I can do it once, but you know, <laughs> let's, let's find out. Uh, I was, I hadn't been that nervous in quite some time to like get that going, um, because at least here in the you know in in the underground layer where I am right now, uh, I've got post production control, yeah, and I can shift stuff around and I can play. And also, I'm on my own turf down here. I'm comfortable with everything down here because it's all mine. Like I've had this gear for years and years and years. Some of it um, is the you know kind of the side product of being in a band for as long as I have is that you acquire all this audio gear, at least I did, and that when I decided to start a podcast, I looked around and it was just like, I don't think we need to buy anything. <laughs> that, yeah, that's got to be the greatest feeling as a podcaster. Like, if you somehow already have all the crap. Yeah. Uh, I had then... to buy the bend, the, the little bendy arms that you attach to the table. Those I bought. Gotcha. Yeah, because, I mean, I can't, I can't even detail i should have kept track how much i've spent over the years uh i mean i've been going back like seven like 17 18 years for some of this stuff yeah i uh i was i bought a lot of stuff i just the the microphone i'm using now which is a, a usb mic that i only use when we when i do remote podcasts uh is the most expensive uh, microphone I've ever bought. It's you know at seventy some dollars. I've literally and I do. I ended up with a Shure microphone for my other setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think uh, I had a band. I, I used to do a show called um, Sounds of Philly, and and the idea was every month it was a monthly podcast where we just showcased a local band. Uh, and I had and, and one of the bands that like I just had known for years at that point left the mic in the studio and like just never came and picked it up. So that's the mic I use when I do in studio uh, or in shedio stuff, which is really <laughs> rare because it's right now 
I don't know, 100 degrees in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, 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 the coolness of the basement. I almost said the dank coolness of the basement, but we do not, we do not want dank down here at all. No, no. Because there are amplifiers and about seven guitars. And no, uh, and and what I like that you did recently, and I, and I say recently, it's probably a couple of weeks to a month at this point. But um, you you showcased your your underground layer. Yeah, because uh, I had finished. You know why I did it? It has nothing to do because uh, I finished my pegboard, like <laughs> which is just off to the side, like a, a total. And then I and then I did the shelf underneath it too, which is like I mean, do, do you 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 have a you have your house right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So you know, like the projects you've been meaning to do for mm-hmm. you know months or gosh, even more than a year. Yeah, I, for me, it's uh, four years. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we we just bought. We've had this place for for a year before yeah. that. I lived in an apartment. In fact, the beginning of the show was done. Uh, I'd say the first uh, eighteen, nineteen episodes. Up to uh, up to Jay Vertibello, who's episode eighteen, okay. I, I believe. I'm picking this completely out of my brain. I, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask uh, factual things about old podcasts <laughs> for me. Um, but up to Jay was done uh, in the uh, at the kitchen table uh, in my old apartment in uh, in, in East Pas- in, in East Pasha neighborhood of uh, of South Philadelphia. And then I did them at the kitchen table uh, for the first couple here in the new place uh, because I just didn't have the downstairs done yet. Uh, and then we finished the downstairs, moved in, and it's interesting to look around at all your crap and realize that like it's like 17, 18 years in the making of me having like guitars, amps, pedals, cables, weird crap, synthesizers that don't work, things like that. That's cool. Yeah. And then looking, putting it all out in a coherent way, finding permanent spaces for them, and being like. Holy shit! I have all this stuff. Like, <laughs> that's how it was. I was like, I didn't realize I had all this stuff. And so, yeah, when I was starting a podcast, which back, I mean, you say you've been in the game for like ten years. Like, I'm I'm a newbie, man. I started in yeah. 2014, um, but I mean, I've, I've kept it going since then. Which was the which was like the key thing yes. was that I, I had to have a consistent level of output. And if I couldn't do that, then I was just gonna I was just gonna roll you know roll the doors in and just be like, yeah. we're done if well, we can't do it consistently. Well, don't let the nine years fool you. I I, I have done, uh, and granted, some of them were at the same time because I was trying to launch a, a podcast network. But uh, I have done probably a total of this is probably my ninth or tenth <laughs> podcast that I've done in nine years. Um, now it's also at this point. I don't know what episode number you and I are going to be. I just know that we're going to be airing probably around the, the 17th or, or I, August is a big month. I've, rec- I've, I've been doing a lot of recording and I, I think we may be doing for the month of August, uh, you know, two podcasts a week. Oh, wow. Uh, because I just, I'm just doing a lot of recording mainly with local Philadelphia guys who are probably going to be, uh, mm-hmm. at, the podcast festival. In fact, I, I know so far everyone is that I've talked to is there. Um, and that on top of some of the other people that I have normally scheduled, um, I think for the month of August, there will be two aired a week. So this one will be somewhere that will be the, the no later than the Friday before our show. So the night before I'm going to aim, I'm going to aim for the Wednesday before. So, so people have time to listen to it and then go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, so whatever an episode number this is at, at that point, I think it will be somewhere between 25 and 30 is probably the, 
third longest show I have produced uh, and, and the fourth that I've been part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else usually, you know, you know, ended around episode, you know, between 18 and 20 for whatever reason. Well, there we go. So we've got, so we, we've, we've shaken the curse on this one. We're, 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 yes, totally. And, and the main thing with this show is that I don't, I don't need a co-host. Uh, other shows I've done relied on a co-host and, and it was just hard finding, especially when I had kids like, okay when are we going to get together to record? Like I, I, and you know, it's, I feel, always feel bad, especially for my fellow East coasters. Can you go at 10 PM on a weeknight? <laughs> I mean, now I can't, I mean, I always could. I don't have, I, I don't have kids uh, or, or anything like that. Uh, the only reason I had asked you uh, previously in the day, if we wanted to go earlier was just cause I can start to sort of lose the plot as we move through this part of the evening and you as well, I imagine you've been up all day and you've been wrangling the, the young ones. So I imagine it's, it's starting to get a little, a little flaky around the edges right now. Yeah. Well, so I, um, I have, uh, the, the uncanny ability to, uh, like just like my normal bedtime is usually between 12 and two sometime. And then I'll wake up at like 6am. That's impressive, Uh, man. God, God bless you. Yeah, I I don't and and it's it's getting harder uh, at thirty like it should yes. yeah um yeah I, and I I, I honestly I, I just turned uh, at the time of this recording I just thir- turned thirty two about five days ago ah congrats uh, you made it so thank you yes I made it um and I'd say last uh, October I think I came down with mono. And that's not something uh, one normally does in their thirties, but again, no. Yeah. Impressive. I was like, the, impressive. The, the, the doctor was like, I don't, what did you do? I was like, I probably, I shared a beer at my buddy's wedding is probably how I got it. Um, and it really like kicked my ass to where like, I, I don't think I'm back to my full uh, capacity of staying up lately. I used to be able to do stay up till like 2am easy five nights a week and then crash one day a week and then kind of start over mm-hmm. now it's like I, I stayed up till 4 a.m yesterday and and so yes you're right I, today i'm a little i'm a little sluggish yeah. but i got a couple of miller lights i got a pepsi in front of me and and i got a, i got a bunch of material uh around me to keep me awake because the show everything aside from my kids and and my fiance so those three things come first <laughs> but then the show comes before I'm last on the list. That's no, that's it's that's important to always put yourself last. That's that's typically where where I I try and put myself in in, in the grand scheme of things because it wasn't always that way. So you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was. Uh, it, it's funny, uh, you know, kind of um, talking to um, more and more podcasters is just kind of shooting the shit about like our histories with podcasting and like thinking back to when I did it in the early twenties in my early twenties and like just how I was like an egotistical little bitch. Oh like, yeah. No, I, I, I know that guy. I was that guy. I, I definitely know that guy. And especially for me being a musician and a, and a musically oriented person, like my snobbery was just able to just, you know, I was able to express my snobbery in just such wonderful ways that, um, I'm surprised anyone who knew me back then, uh, still wants to have anything to do with me. Yeah, that was actually like the, my original podcast fell apart because of that. And then, <laughs> and, and which is like a hundred percent, like at the time I completely blamed the producer 
And like, I still think that now as a 30s year old, I take like at least 50% of the blame. That's good. Uh, That's adult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause there was, I mean, he was a little bit older than me, but he was still in his like, or maybe mid twenties. So like, it was just a lot of ego, I think in that room. And no one at that age is equipped to do, I'm sorry, to do anything. Um, and and I mean that with all the love and like good feelings as I can. So if you're in your twenties and you're listening to me and it sounds like I don't take you seriously, I probably don't. Um, <laughs> and and that's but that's fine. Like that is being an adult means I'm going to take fifty percent of that right there. I'm going to take fifty yeah. percent of that of being like that's my attitude right now. The other fifty percent is you being probably a dumbass. Um, yeah. But. No, I'll take fifty percent of it, and it's funny too because oftentimes some of the musicians who uh, who come through the show will be in their twenties, and it's just such an interesting time to talk to driven artistic people mm-hmm. in their twenties. Because I remember how I was in my twenties, um, and the way that some of these these cats talk in their twenties, I'm just like, wow! I'm like, there's a depth of maturity yeah. and awareness of self that. Uh, I I certainly didn't possess, so yeah. it's and maybe and that probably has something to do with why some of these people are successful or kind of poising themselves towards the potential of success uh, in a way that I was never able to do because like they are aware and they are driven and they're probably a lot more focused than I was as well um, and. That's just how it is, and I could beat myself up about that, or I could just be like, "Ah, eh, this is how it is." Okay, like, well, and that's like, I mean, I I kind of just figured out in the last five years, like, I, okay, I I think I want to write, I think I want to direct, I think I want to mm-hmm. do live performance, like, I, like, I, I there, I I'm so on the edge of like, all right, I, I'm about to take an improv class because like it just oh, sounds like cool. such a cool experience. I used to I, I used to direct improv in uh in in college. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and I forget it was your one of your first, we'll say, five guests. You had oh, a I know comedian. She, yeah, no, she she was a theater director. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 Jen, yeah, yeah. Jen McMillan. Yep. And we yes. definitely had uh, a conversation about improv because uh, she, I mean, she would be uh, she was employing improv in ways much more advanced, no. much more interesting ways that I that I never even really got to. And my relationship with improv now is like completely different than it was when I was, you know, when I was 20, 21, 22, um, you couldn't drag me to it right now. Like no offense to anyone out there who wants to do it or does it. It just, it's, there's too much cringe in there for me. Cause I think about me and I think about me being me and the things that I thought were true and my approaches to like, you know, art and expression. And it just, makes me uncomfortable and i don't care to think about that person sometimes <laughs> um yeah no there's just something um that and i think it comes from you know the world of wrestling i was in mm-hmm. where that was the very performance aspect yeah. yes and and I, I actually i don't um one of my good friends garrett smith is uh you know a podcaster in the philly area i like to movie movie he's also a stand-up comedian in the area and we had like a like probably like a two-hour discussion um via text just going back and forth about stand-up and improv and like uh, me i just was exposed to this whole world of like Oh wow, it's like skiers versus snowboarders. Yeah. Like they don't like okay. each other. It's sort of. I I think that's less of a thing now. Um, yes, yeah, that's what he said too. It's, it, it's. I mean, comedians, comedians are like. I mean, I I equate everything back to to musicianship because that's just 
this is how I approach things. Um, but, uh, you know, improv is like a really good pickup ensemble. Uh, and if you stack that ensemble with really, really talented players, you're going to get great stuff every time. I mean, truly great improv by very good improvisers, just very good actors and performers is going to, is going to delight you every time. Um, Amateurs, maybe not as much as people are still like we talk about ego and stuff like that, like as people sort of posture and figure out where they am. The most important thing you can learn in improv is that you don't matter. Like, I mean, in a, in, you know, but you, you don't matter. It's not about you. It's about the scene. And one of the most important things you can learn as a musician in an ensemble is you don't matter. It's the song. It's the performance. It's the whole, you do your part. You do it well. You help others when you can, but you typically like, I mean, and I say this as because I'd been a bassist for many years and I played drums. I'm a guitarist as well. Um, But, you know, if I'm doing my job correctly, you kind of don't even know I'm there. Um, But if I were to not be there, you would definitely know something was missing. Um, which to me has always been my, my comfort area in, in performance. I've never been interested in being, uh, the front man. I've never necessarily been interested in being the focal point, um, which is odd that I host a podcast, although, (laughs) although then it makes sense because, you know, you don't see my face. Like there's not, I'm not performing unless I'm doing it live. Uh, and after I did that a couple of times, I'm so glad we did it twice. Uh, the first was great. Um, but it was more great in the, oh my God, we did that and didn't die. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Type way. And the second time was just like, okay, let's see. Like the first time was exciting because it was the first time I said, let's see if it can be exciting the second time based on actual like ability as opposed to just like, just being jazzed. Um, and it was, I thought it went great the second time too. So I was like, okay, we can do this. And it was actually in the, in the cards, to do another live one, uh, not for the festival, but just for something else uh, between then and now. But uh, I, I guess it didn't happen. So uh, here we are. I'm going again. Well, and it, yeah, it's it's hard to as like a, a, an indie podcaster. How do you get people to, to come to that? Like, yeah, like at least in a podcast fest, there's a context where you're just like it's a podcast fest. I'm doing a podcast. Okay, but if I were to just like call a club or something like that, I'd be like, you want me to do a live podcast? I'd be like, what? Who are you? Yeah, like it, like the what, the reason Kevin Smith can do it is because he's Kevin well, Smith. He's Kevin Smith, and he, yeah. he was essentially doing his intro to his podcast live for years before podcasting when yes. he was just doing Q and A for like yeah. three hours in a go. It was like seeing Jello Biafra, but like not kind of being disgusted two hours through it. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I mean he. He was born to do podcasting. Like he's that just, man was just born to to just like talk. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and which is it's which blows my mind because of the character silent uh, Bob. Oh, I think that but makes I, the most sense. I think he was poking. So, I think he was poking fun at himself as as well as that he is a very talkative. Yeah. He is Jay more than he is uh, than he yeah. is Bob. Um, at least as a and I imagine him in his twenties too was probably very much like that. Um, nah. I dig though that he has enough that he had enough self awareness at the time to make a funny character being of of him and he doesn't say anything. Well, and and I um 
as I mentioned earlier, like I'm a I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. He is. I have a a, a list of like three people in the podcasting world that are on my get list. Now I, I was lucky enough to get one of them. Um, and if you uh, people that if you haven't listened to it by now, I'm I beat it into everyone's head. <laughs> Episode twenty, uh, Aaron McGathy, uh, who hosts This Feels Terrible. Uh, she was on. Uh, she also hosts uh, Human Conversation. Uh, she was on Harmontown for a little bit, uh, and she's a really funny uh, comedian, improv, live performer, uh, and does a long-form interview podcast. And, and same thing with Kevin Smith does one of his podcasts is long-form interview, and uh, Aisha Tyler from Girl on Guy. Oh, hers is great, and she yeah. she's fantastic. <laughs> yes, just as and a human <laughs> yeah no and and the thing that i i love you know kevin smith is I, I actually ironically probably the one that does it the least but what what i love about aaron mcgathy and aisha tyler uh is that the way they do it is the way i i'm hoping that this comes across and it's not standard q a yeah. like it ultimately there you there's bits and pieces of that in there but ultimately it just sounds like two guys or two gals or a guy and a gal just sitting around talking having a good time yeah uh, and that to me is like the best kind of conversation, mm-hmm. uh, where you can just go, I mean, the, I've had, I think a handful of guests where we went an hour and a half into the show before we really sat down and said, Hey, let's talk about you for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, and to me, well, that's great. What do you want to know? And, and, and that's, yeah, that, that's my segue is that, well, Hey, and I, I gotta say that you're like right up there with these other long form, um, podcast well, interview that's, people. That's, that's really nice of you to say. I mean, that's, that's it's, a, that's a, that's a good list right there. Yeah. I, I, I am, as I mentioned earlier, not really a music guy and that's obviously like your world. Most of your guests, at least for the first 20 or so episodes that I've listened to are very, you know, in that world. Well, here's a spoiler and, for the later ones. It continues. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Like, you know, I, um, it's done well and, and, it's I just I get an hour or so of more information about somebody. It's 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 almost when I listen to your show, it's very similar to I think it's more conversation than than Q and A. And to me, that that that's, puts you above a lot of other yeah. podcasts or interview podcasts because that's just what I that's what I look for. So it's like I'm in that room, a fly on the wall, yeah. and and. I love learning. I mean, I've talked, I talk to musicians too. I know nothing about music. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I will, I will talk to anyone about it and I will learn yeah. or, or at least learn for that hour and, and just soak up that information. And that's, you know, uh, to get me to listen to a, a music based podcast is, is, you know, good for you. You did it. <laughs> like that's a, that's a huge win. Just interrupting the show for one quick moment so I can let you guys know that you're listening to this episode with Dan Drago. But guess what? If you flip over to 25oclockpod.com, you can listen to episode 49 of his podcast and hear me be a guest on his show. That's right. I don't think we timed it like this uh, on purpose, but there's some crossover synergy this week with Everything is Awesome and 25 O'Clock Podcast. That's right. So uh, you're going to get Dan Drago on Everything is Awesome awesome for uh, today and on Friday. And while you're waiting for Friday's episode, you can head on over to 25oclockpod.com and listen to me do the chatting thing. Thanks, Dan, for having me on your show. It was a whole 
a lot of fun. And also having you on my show was a lot of fun. So thank you for doing that as well. Uh, and just as a reminder to everybody, we're both going to be at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We're both going to be there on August 21st. So you might as well make a whole day of it. That's this Sunday. That's just in a couple days from now. So come on out if you're in the area uh, to Tattooed Moms on South Street in Philadelphia. I'll be on at 2 p.m. with Everything is Awesome. And Dan will be on at 7 p.m. to round out the night. Just hang out. I'm going to be there all day. I'm going to get there uh, before the first show at 1 o'clock. I'm going to hang out until Dan's done doing his thing. So I'm going to be there to support uh, the Podcast Fest for the day. I'm going to hang out. Uh, so if you want to come hang out with some cool Philly podcasters, that's where we'll be. Back to the show. So let's get to your origin story. Uh, I had no idea, uh, and obviously because it's not about you necessarily on 25 o'clock. I kind of always assumed you grew up in the upper upstate New York area. I'm from uh, I'm Western New York, yeah. Okay. And then you came to Philly, but you mentioned earlier that you were born here? Yeah, I was born I was born in Philadelphia because um, that happened to be where my parents lived. I'm, I'm the oldest of three, so I, I, was, I was the first one to come along. Um, and, yeah, I was born... Here we lived in uh, King of Prussia, Norristown areas okay. around up there. In fact, uh, one of the houses I lived in up on up on DeKalb in Norristown is still there. Um, every once in a while, when I find myself around there, I, I have to drive by and kind of look at it, and it's just I still get kind of eerie goose flesh memories of it. Where like I we left the house when I was two, but you know, oh, wow. I I still yeah. I, I look like the back of it particularly because that was kind of the yardish area. I look at that, I'm like I I remember this place even though I have absolutely no immediate sensory memory of it um uh yeah king of prussia mall has uh to me the best comic book store in the world for comic book fans like it's I, and i and I, I, this is how good it is i forget the name of it <laughs> i know it's um, there I, I i've been there probably once or twice myself it's it's uh, it was the first comic book store that like when I kind of found comics and fa- again that uh, I didn't feel awkward walking into and everyone there I think the dude's name is JD he hosts um, the Pop Tards podcast uh, comic book and- guys love being on podcasts. Yeah, uh, I mean that's it, it's I I wanted to get him and and I still can I I mean I have I have the podcast I wanted to get him on a show back in the day and then I stopped doing it and here I am doing a podcast again I can easily do it oh, yeah. but yeah I mean I when I walked in the store it wasn't like awkward to walk in mm-hmm. and they made you feel at home unlike there's and that's that's a key thing especially in I mean I guess not anymore because everyone's a comic book fan now basically i guess uh, uh, i i think that also makes uh i don't know whenever you get into like these very niche subcultures um comics record nerds you know stuff like that like it's you're so protective of the thing because you sort of like you've sort of hung a large amount of your identity on it so if anyone comes in to challenge it or anyone comes in comes at it in a way that you don't necessarily agree with it seems to sort of like rock your whole world your whole worldview and you can and some people have a hard time handling it i mean like for me you talk about um like going to comic book stores when you're a kid and i definitely did that growing up i was a big comic book uh kid and uh i still am to a to a point uh I'm probably less dialed in. I, no, I'm not even probably. I definitely am less dialed in yeah. uh, than I used well, to and, be. And 
Yeah, I mean, I I went from kid loving it to teenager. I was too cool for it. Yeah, in my early twenties, I rediscovered it, and you know, it's yeah, me too. I they're have awfully the same expensive. Traje- Yo, definitely, I have the same trajectory. Whereas I became a teenager, and it was comic books, and then I got a guitar, and then that sort of just, you know, there's only as a teenager, your brain can only handle so much, and for me, it was like it was guitar. Uh, and also, like being like comic books, sci-fi, subculture, all that was not cool. It's it in in the nineties. It was not cool. No, it, it, I mean, it, it was blows, fine, but it was yes. you know it wasn't nearly. People talk about geek chic and like you know the whole and you know turning the word nerd into a verb or an adjective, however you do it now, which at times makes me roll my eyes. Not for any reason that I was just like, oh, that was us. I'm just like, it's just people digging digging stuff like yeah yeah well uh, so uh, two points to follow that mm-hmm. up with a it blows my mind that we live in a world where there was a run force awakens release there was a commercial of a kid building an r2d2 unit to ask a girl out on a date to go see star wars there is no way like, that that would have been acceptable in in, in the early 1990s I, if I even tried to do that, I would have been shoved into a locker. I like just, that, that, I, it, I, I would have been fed that R two D two. Yeah, like it blows my mind that we live in a world where now the minority is the kid who says, "I'm not going to go see Star Wars because it's stupid." Like, and that's fine. Have that opinion. Yeah. Uh, I I won't fault you for that as long as you don't you know fault people for wanting to go see it. Yeah. But it's weird the world that we live in that it's totally acceptable now. It's it's it's, it's marketable. Like they figured out a way yeah. to market it and that's and that's fine. Like I'm I'm going to love Star Wars because I grew up loving Star Wars whether because I was watching, you know, versions of the original trilogy taped off of television with commercials in it. Like mm-hmm. I that's growing up to me. Yeah. You can sell it, package it however you want. I think when you get down to it, like a good song, it's a good story. And it's there's something in there for everyone, for adults and kids. So, like, um, I like aspects of that. You know, things like Star Wars kind of getting a reboot under some really, really good guidance. Uh, I'm into it. Um, other stuff where it just seems like things are just getting made to be to be made uh i feel like a lot of the marvel uh franchises right now have sort of fallen off i thought age of ultron wasn't particularly great and i thought civil war was a major disappointment now we don't need to get oh, into really? we don't need to get oh. into that it's just that this might my, my personal preference it's just you wow. know yeah i, mean, I- I don't want to. I don't want to make a thing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, all I say, all I'll say about Civil War, then, if you don't want to make a thing out of it, yeah. is uh, it's definitely not as good as Winter Soldier. I, no, I think the, my God, that was three days yeah. of the Condor, except with with superheroes. It's like the greatest yeah. superhero film I've ever seen in my life. Winter Soldier probably oh. stands up as the best film Marvel has ever produced. I would agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I personally think season one of Daredevil is the best thing they've ever produced. I until Jessica uh, Jones, I would have agreed with you, right? Well, no, no, yeah, I'm not saying all their Netflix shows. Yeah, Daredevil season one. No, it I was think, truly a really unique to spend a yeah. whole season sort of dealing with someone's early origins as a as a superhero. I thought was amazing. Yes, and I thought the that, cast was outstanding and it was really well written. Yeah, no, that is I think better than I. I, I mean, it, it is a it's a different playing field than, oh, than Winter Soldier, yeah. so it's it's, it's hard to fair. yeah. <laughs> 
it's not fair to necessarily compare them, but if I had to pick what I think is the best produced thing they've done, it's Daredevil season one, uh, and and maybe parts of the Punisher in season two. Um, season two definitely not as good as season one, but um, no, but it definitely. I mean, how could it? How could it yeah, be? You can't. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I walked into season two just being like. There's no way this is going to blow me away because season one, we were just sitting there being like, okay, just don't suck. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, they won over and over again oh, yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, um, no, it's, it's, I, I love all the, I, I think I'm more engaged with the sort of the, at least the mainstream comic book world uh, in films and television yeah. now. No, yeah. I, I mean, I will every now and then try to catch up, uh, like specifically with The Walking Dead. Um, I'm a fan of that comic book. Uh, but I say that I'm probably at least a year and a half behind. Um, and what I was never, I was always a Marvel kid. And, and, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. DC when they did the new 52 thing uh I was like all right let me let me read Batman like I'm a Batman I like the Batman movies let me read Batman and at the time uh Scott Snyder was writing it and uh Greg Capullo I believe his name Mm -hmm. is was uh illustrating it and it was so great it's the only thing and from what I understand it was the only thing good of the new 52 or whatever they called it uh, and I mean, it's already, they've already gone back to, I don't know I think they're calling it rebirth. They went back to the old numbering. Um, but, uh, that was the only, that's the other thing is, is the new 52 Batman as I was, I'm probably again, a year and a half behind on it, but, uh, you know, for a time, that's all I caught up on. I'm a mainstream comic book fan now, much like the rest of the world. Yeah. I may have deeper knowledge than some other people just because I'm more into it. But um, yeah, no, I, I, and for me, I think Marvel, I mean, they have disappointments, but nothing that's where I'm like, well, that was uh, horrible. It's all right. Well, that's a Sunday morning, you know, rainy day popcorn flick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they're the only movies I really go out to see in the theater much anymore yeah. too, which is, which is on me. I used to be much more engaged in film as well, but I think part of it's just getting older and you have less time. Yeah. I have a little less of the attention span for some of this stuff too, which is odd. Like you would think when you're younger, your attention spans uh-huh. all over the place. But when I was younger, I could watch, you know, I could watch French films. I could watch Chinese films. I could watch um, stuff from the '60s in America. Stuff from this. I, I can still watch stuff from the '70s in America, absolutely. But like now, I'm just when I do get an hour and a half to two hours to myself to watch a film. Typically, I'm just watching something I've seen before as more of a comfort thing um, than anything else. Which I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. I <laughs> see. I'm more of a. I, now in my thirties, I'm more of a TV person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just, I, TV is no longer like a, a, and I don't even say shameful cause I've always liked t- TV. It's There's always, always been, been like great TV. There's just been less of it. Yeah. It's just, I think it's like, it's like AMC like is on point. Um, Netflix is, I, I don't watch all their originals, but every original I've watched, I've really dug. And that, I mean, that includes, I mean, I obviously Jessica Jones is not as good as the other stuff, but I think, uh, David Tennant is, is one of the best villains Marvel's ever produced. I thought he was wonderful. I thought he uh, was, different. he really, and Tennant is one of those guys who can just really pay, play a psychopath, like in a way. And the thing that I love the most about his depiction of uh, in in Jessica Jones was uh, 
the moments of where his wheels are clearly coming off the cart and he becomes just the personification of this like temper tantrum throwing brat child, which in some ways reminds you of some of the worst aspects of the sort of male dominated comic book culture, sci-fi culture, sort of that aspect of pop culture. And I just felt that there were so many levels going on right there that I, you know, rather than try and unpack them all, you just let them wash over you. Just like a lot is happening right now. And I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was um, so far out of the, the uh, series as a whole for, for Marvel Netflix mm-hmm. is probably the worst, but that character was just great. Well, and, and me saying, like me saying three. the worst doesn't like mean it's bad. Three, right? It's yeah. Yeah. So it's number three of three. It doesn't mean it's terrible. So are you counting Daredevil as two, one and two? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. so I, guess that's okay. not, I guess that's not even fair that no. it's one of two right now. Yeah, I just what I found with Jessica Jones and um, is that I've never seen a female protagonist dealt with in such a way that just it was just something to see. It really was the way she was personified, the way that she moved about in her life as a character, the way that she got to have gray areas, the way that she mm-hmm. got to be not an anti-hero, but not exactly a shining knight. I thought you see that with men constantly, like all you ever, and that's, that's a whole archetype of character right there. But to see her do it yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, I I could, I could talk. I, I could pick apart that series for hours and hours on end. Uh, I could go wake my wife up and come down, and she could do it even better than I could. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. But that's been the thing I probably most enjoyed about Marvel in the last five years. So, I mean, they're crushing it on Netflix, uh, and, and same thing. Now, I think DC crushes on TV. Like, I'm a fan of their CW stuff, like The Flash. I like the Flash. I like the first couple seasons of Flash. I thought it was. I liked the the heavy story mixed with light. It was still like an entertaining show to watch. Arrow. uh, Now, I I I liked Arrow season three. A lot of people kind of fell off with that. They really fell off with season four, and I can't even defend that. Like, I get it. Um, One of my favorite things that happened was the Arrow subreddit is uh, now uh, they have the Daredevil logo over. Uh, the, the the Arrow logo, and now they're discussing Daredevil season one uh, <laughs> oh, because they are so upset with season four oh, of, of Arrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I even Legends Tomorrow is is. I mean, it's not it's not as good as Flash, but it's it's still it's a good watch. I haven't seen uh, any of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a it's a fun like time traveling adventure. Uh, uh, Brandon Roth is great as the Adam, um, and uh, what's what's his, the uh, Rock, mm, the dude from Doctor Who, uh, Arthur Deville, Deville, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's he's wonderful in that in that in that series. Supergirl, I'm so happy it's at CW because now they can do it right. I think not that it was wrong. I, I loved it on CD, CBS. Took three episodes to, three episodes to get into it, yeah. but. Um, I, and the, I mean, I don't know if you watched flash, I don't know if you've watched the flash crossover with Supergirl. No, but I, I, I didn't get that far. No, that is, um, and I guess it was technically a Supergirl episode with the flash on it, but it is hands down one of the most, and, and it's as a 32 year old saying this, it, you feel free to judge away, but it is one of the most adorable television episodes uh, an hour of tv i've ever watched it was just so fun 
Um, I it, it's even if you don't watch Flash or Supergirl, I think it's worth the watch because it's just a fun thing to watch. I will uh I will put that on the list. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So your origin story. Yeah. Uh, born uh, here, moved born. from here, moved to Western New York. Uh, I grew up in a, a town called Fairport, New York, which is right on the Erie Canal. Uh, it's right outside Rochester, which is like just smack in the middle of Western New York, right on Lake Ontario. I went there, went to high school, uh, went to college on Lake Erie. So I just switched lakes um, in a little town called Fredonia, New York, which is smack between uh, Buffalo and Erie, Pennsylvania on I-90. Okay. Um, that's where I met my wife. That's where uh, I directed improv, uh, was in a couple of bands. Uh, that's where I got into radio. Uh, I got into college radio probably my second day uh, on campus because I met a dude in the bookstore with a, uh, wearing a, uh, I think he was wearing a pavement t-shirt, uh, which is an indie rock band. And, uh, I came from a town where like not a lot of people were hip to that kind of music. Um, and so for me to meet someone who had a pavement t-shirt, I immediately started talking to him and he said, Oh, well you, he's like, I work at the radio station. He's like, you should come tomorrow. We're having a meeting. And that's how I got into college radio. And that's how I met my friend, Jim Briggs, who I've been friends with, you know, ever since. Um, I did college and then I left college, bummed around for a little bit, had jobs, uh, and moved here in Oh four, moved to Philly in Oh four. So what made you decide to come back to Philly besides it being the greatest city in the world? It is the greatest city in the world. Uh, I don't know if I mean that ironically or not. Um, (laughs) uh, it's in a way that, it's it's funny this this is a city where like you can live here for a very long time and feel like definitely part of it um but every once in a while something will crop up to remind you that you ain't from here <laughs> um and not even in a bad way they just something reminds you to be like you could live here for another 50 years but you will never truly be from here and there are times where I'm just like you know what I'm fine with that um uh, now I I moved here uh cuz a uh, one of my best friends growing up in high school, uh, a guy named James Hearn, uh, he and I started bands together in high school and kind of tried to keep bands going back and forth in college, despite like going to college in different places in New York. Um, he moved here in 03. And I think between 03 and 04, I came visited Philadelphia like three times. Uh, and at some point it was like, you know what, just to make life easier, I should probably just move here. Um, and we decided too, that when I moved here, we were really going to make a go at putting a band together for real. Like we felt we were a little more adult and like had a little bit more of an idea of what we wanted to do. And that was oh four various incarnations of that band. And he and I were in bands together until 2013 when I, uh, when I, I left kind of left the touring, uh, the touring world and left the, uh, the full-time band world or the attempts at full-time band world. Uh, <laughs> So, so you that that was what you did. You yeah, I worked. And I worked, and then I would rehearse, and we would play shows wherever we could play shows, um, and we would make records, and we would play with our friends, and we would you know stay up late and not get paid very much. Uh, that was that was our life. <laughs> so, and I'm always fascinated by this because you you played long enough to kind of be in in both. Um, like kind of, I guess, eras, like old school way of, of handling music and then the new media way. 
um, where you have YouTube and iTunes and uh, kind of going away from the physical media to, to digital. Mm-hmm. How, uh, what was, did it make things easier? Did it make it harder? Um, I think the answer, I, I, I think the answer is both. I think you, there was, there was more uh, opportunity, but that opportunity meant less. Like if it's that whole thing, like, if everyone gets a trophy, then that trophy is meaningless. Uh, and if everyone, you know, if everyone has access to put their band's music up on uh, up on some sort of of out of of place, uh, I guess originally it was MySpace before it was anything else. Uh, and one of the joys of MySpace was the all kind of all bands were created equal. Everyone's page looked the same. You could be the Mars yeah. Volta or you could be, you know, a bar band in the middle of Indiana. Your page looked the same. The number of followers was obviously very different, but uh, yeah. y- you were kind of people could approach you the same way and you kind of look the same, which kind of lent everyone sort of the same level of uh, legitimacy, I, I, I guess is, is the term that I'm looking for. Um, and that's great. I think it's good to have legitimacy. I think it's good to have an output. Back in the day when I was in high school and early col- in college, if we wanted to make a record, it was a more expensive endeavor. It took a lot more time and you really only had so many swings at that particular pitch to get it right. Um, whereas now, you know, I could sit here tonight and by the end of the week, give you a record and I could have worked the entire time on it and it wouldn't really cost me any more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I'm making any sense here. Uh, no, no, totally. So, so your question is, um, what was it like then versus well, what was it like yeah. to kind of like live on the bridge? Cause yeah. I, I really do feel like I, I lived on, on the bridge where up until a certain point being in a band and creating creating music and having an output for that music kind of went one way. There were a lot more gatekeepers in the way that was, uh, the avenues to success were much fewer. Um, I think also there were just fewer bands back then too. Uh, I don't think it was a matter of perception. I really just think there were fewer. Um, and then kind of coming into the MySpace, YouTube, uh, Spotify, like all that world. And I think we were poised well enough and when I say we, I don't just mean my band. Uh, I mean, like, guys my age or, or around yeah. my age. We were poised pretty well where, we were like, we could still pick up on it because we were still kind of consuming music through these new avenues. So it wasn't like, what is this thing? <laughs> um, we knew exactly what MySpace was. We knew what Spotify was. We knew what iTunes was. We knew what YouTube was. Like, we knew what all these things were. Um, but I think I always graded against certain elements of it because my heroes didn't need it. So why should I? One of my favorite yeah. bands of all time is uh, a DC band called Fugazi, uh, who are a, well, a punk band. Uh, and they were very much always my model in how to do things absolutely your way. Um, it wouldn't necessarily work for everyone, but it worked for them. And I would constantly kind of whenever I would kind of start to get lost or start to like need a bit of a, a focal point, I would sort of think to myself, I'm like, if I was in Fugazi in 1996, like how would I approach this? Which is like a stupid thing to ask yourself, but, (laughs) um, but it was, you know, I needed a magnetic North and they were typically mine. It didn't always jibe well with the people I was working with. Like I was one of those guys where I was just like, I don't want t-shirts. I don't want, uh, ephemera. Like, I don't care about that other than records. I was just like, we're a band. We make records. Um, I didn't 
pick up a guitar because I wanted uh, a really cool T-shirt with my with my face on it. Like I picked up a guitar because I wanted to make music and make records and play shows. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is one way to look at it. It's a very limited way to look at it. It's the way I kind of looked at it for a while. Um, and then you could go on the other end where I would see bands who like I really didn't think were that great. Like couldn't. I didn't think their songs were that great. I didn't think they were anything to write home about, but they had amazing followings and really great branding and they had great t-shirts and they sold, you know, t-shirts for the girls. They always tell you, like, you you, you would talk to, like, some guys would be like, yeah, always sell a girl a t-shirt one size too small and I uh, of your band and then have her wear it. And I just turn, th- that's everything about the music world that makes me gag. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, just, that whole that whole thing. And I, I could go on and on about that, but that's, I, uh, I don't want to focus on that point. Um, I'm answering your question a really, really long way. Uh, no, that's fine. It was hard. <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it was hard and it still is. <laughs> um, what I like doing now with the podcast is that like the pressure is off for me to have to like make work, like to like make, mm-hmm. make music. Um, but I'm still fan. Like first and foremost, I was always a fan. Uh, yeah. so, I like to celebrate people who are out there giving it a go in a way that I was doing it or even more so than I was doing it. I really like to find the people that I think are unique and doing really interesting shit. Uh, And it doesn't matter if what they're doing is getting them attention or not. I just want to talk to them. Anyone who's willing to go out there and really try some stuff, um, they, they get my high five. Like, every time no and it's uh when my early podcasting days um we were always you know we got again it was we modeled ourselves after you know like a two-hour radio show on 94 one or 93.3 up in new york or whatever well those were the models you had to work with back then which is you know and i would model myself after the bands that that i liked that i grew up listening to not knowing that like sooner or later it was going to be completely moot uh it wasn't it it wasn't going to be a terribly useful model anymore (laughs) yeah and, and so so we did like all right well we got to have bands on because that's what you know we're yeah. doing radio you have to interview bands and but we always were very and i, I to this day what that's i just expanded it from music to everything is it was always like an indie world and yeah so like i mean i i can't really i guess i can't name them now because i'm just so far removed from that <laughs> world but back when i hosted both you know uh, my happy hour show and eventually especially the i hosted the show i co-hosted the show the stabcast uh we we would have i had stacks and stacks of just indie cds yeah. uh that i i've always dug indie bands or or local bands way more than mainstream um and and, and not that they're any more or less talented that's it's um just all the you can almost hear all the hard work that that goes into it yeah uh, yeah when you get to the main when you get into the mainstream bands too like there are some bands that are mainstream and massively successful for for a reason um Mm -hmm. and and it's obvious like when they get up and play that like these people like you know tens of thousands of people come to see you know you know tens of thousands of people go to see paul mccartney for a reason is because he's an insanely talented songwriter and he's written songs that will stay with people, you know, till the end of time. Um, but I definitely used to be that way too, where I was just like, Oh, I'm only interested in if it's, you know, grassroots 
regional, you know, accessible by, you know, like all this big major label stuff is crap and all that, you know, which, which was a posture. Um, as I've gotten older, I got better at just being like, look, if it's good, it's good. And if it's playing to five people at the local bar or if it's selling out the Wells Fargo, like if it's good, it's good. Uh, I've had to change my tune on a lot of stuff, which is always an interesting thing to do, uh, to sort of re re-examine your your position on certain artists or something like that i don't know if you've ever done that with any mainstream artists that you've like swore you didn't like and then one day you just kind of wake yeah. up and you're just like ah crap <laughs> yeah no, uh, i i constantly will hear uh, and this may be a bad example depending on you what your favorite type of nah, music is there's no bad I, example I, uh, I uh, and I'm not like I I consider myself like I was always a fan of like less than Jake and oh yeah and, I love like, those guys yeah the like, whole third that, wave ska stuff in the 90s mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and uh, and like like all uh, like old rock like Bon Jovi yeah. and, and stuff like that if you go back and listen to some uh, my Aaron McGathy episode is is where I uh, admit on this show I've admitted it in the past but I admit on this show I was also a fan of the Spice Girls in the mid 90s or whenever they were around so like I, my uh, musical taste was awful <laughs> at the same time as having some some quality yeah, but, but but you like what you like too and some yeah. of that stuff too if you're a certain age like for you the Spice Girls like you were like they basically made a math equation where you and people like you were the answer. Like you just, yeah. there's nothing you could have done about that. I, I was 12 years old. Yeah. When, oh yeah. If, that's, that's why I had Chris. That's why I had Chris cross record when I was, you know, 10 or 12 years old, it was designed for me. Yeah. Like I was, I was powerless to, I, I was powerless to do anything about it. Like it was marketed specifically for me. Yes. But I, I, up until this year, uh, anyone, if I ever heard or anyone ever brought up Dave Matthews Band, I'd be like, please, it's awful. Like, I don't like it. Like, I can, I guess I hear the talent, but like, it's just awful music. I don't like it. It's awful to my ears. So, what was the and, switch? Where, when, where did you switch? I'm, I'm interested I, in this. I, I don't, I, it's, it was like just a song that played that, that I heard 10, 15 years ago and I hated it then. And it was just on the radio and I'm like, Oh, shit. It was on 104.5. I'm yeah. sure that's where it oh, was. Oh, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I heard it on there, and I was like, kind of like tapping my foot to it, driving and like singing a couple of the lyrics. And I realized what it was. I was like, shit, I like Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a very complicated relationship with, with, uh, with, with the DMB um, because they came out, like, Under the Table and Dreaming came out. I think I was in early high school. And again, talk about things just being just 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 a softball underhand pitch just being right lobbed to you um i wasn't i I always the people who tended to sort of because it was much the fans as it was them in fact i probably knew nothing about the band and like just didn't really care for the kind of people who would sort of who were gravitating towards that music but what changed for me was i heard the uh the the Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds live at Luther College uh, set, which is just two guys on acoustic guitars stripping down, you know, some of his biggest hits and stuff like that, stuff I'd heard, you know, for years before that, um, stripped down to two guys with guitars. And that was when I really got to hear him as a singer and really got to hear him as a guitar player and just be like, this cat is something else. Like, and for him to choose to sort of uh, 
adorn his sound with like a violin and a saxophone instead of a more typical rock band like another guitar and a, a keyboard or something like that. Um, talk about like what I said before. I like it when people try shit, yeah. uh, especially, you know, out there shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think also like, it, it, I don't know if I, if it's, if I just heard it and it was a nostalgic factor or if it, I think it also at 32, I'm, it goes back to me being an, a, a dick in my early twenties. Like I, you're I willing think, to let go certain prejudices yes, at some point. Yeah. Like or, I just yeah. kind of listened to it and liked it. And like, I was never in, uh, like I can probably count on one hand how many times I, I smoked marijuana in my life. Uh, I'm a big drinker, but like, so I, so I was never in that crowd. Like I had friends that was in that, that were in that crowd and, and, and liked the music and that's why I would hear it and like get angry about it. <laughs> and I think I went to one concert of theirs and had a good time because I ended up getting hammered in the parking lot, uh, and just drank a lot of beer and then, like, I, like I remember, like, kind of rocking out, bobbing my head to it, and then I remember sobering up, saying, "I don't want to be here. This <laughs> it's Dave Matthews Band. Why am I here?" Uh, but I mean, I it's I, it's probably Crash is the one that was on one hundred four five. Yeah, uh, that's and, the and, song we used to all learn on acoustic guitar to play for girls. Like, that's pretty <laughs> much like whenever I hear Crash, I'm just like. Ah, yes, the dorm room special right there. <laughs> okay, we're going to end the show right there. Um, thanks, Dan, for being uh, on part one of this week's Everything is Awesome uh, episode. And because we are in August and this is Philadelphia Podcast Fest Month, we're doing uh, at least two episodes a week. So this week is uh, Wednesday, part one with Dan on episode 28 here. Uh, episode 29 uh, of this of this podcast is going to be on Friday. That's part two with Dan. We're going to come back uh, and finish our conversation. Uh, we're going to talk more Dave. We're going to talk uh, guitars and podcasts and uh, a whole ton of stuff in part two. Uh, we're going to get to know Dan even more than we already got to learn about him now. Uh, make sure um, you go, uh, we mentioned it in the commercial break, but you go check out 25oclockpod.com, not just for episode 49, which is my episode, but for all his episodes. Uh, he does a very good, very clean, very awesome uh, long-form interview podcast. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's up there with the, all the ones that I like. You know, I, I, we, we said, I said it in the show. I love listening to... Uh, you know, Aaron McGathy's This Feels Terrible, Girl on Guy with uh, Aisha Tyler, Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman. Um, I'm, I, I am going to listen to Mark Marin. I promise you guys that, as I promised Dan. Um, but Dan's 25 O'Clock is, is a really good uh, long-form interview podcast that's mostly with musicians. And um, and there's some early ones that are, uh, not with musicians. I'm, I'm, I'm still binging it. I, I try to keep current with, with a lot of the podcasts that I'm already listening to. And then when I have some downtime, I'll binge 25 o'clock. So, uh, I should, so it's just, it's so good. Go listen to it. Um, and of course, make sure 
you uh, check out phillypodfest.com for more details about the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. That's just in a couple days, guys. Uh, yes, yeah, Sunday. Today is Wednesday. So just in, what, four short days, uh, we're going to be live on uh, the stage, if you will, at Tattooed Moms in Philadelphia. It's on South Street. Go to phillypodfest.com for more details on the address and the other shows that are performing. Uh, we, we've we already talked about how we're doing a late night theme. Uh, I got I enlisted Mike from telus.com to be my co-host, uh, my Ed McMahon, my my Steve Higgins, my, my Andy Richter for the night. Uh, we enlisted Garrett Smith to come provide some comedy stylings. He's a fellow Philadelphian podcaster. He's a stand-up comedian in the area, so he's going to tell some jokes. And then for our big guest, we got this is uh, I, did we announce? I don't think we announced it on the uh, podcast yet. So here it is, the big announcement for our guest. Drum roll, please! It is the founder of Savage Personal Fitness, Orlando Barrios. And so anyone that's been following me for a long time, you know that Big O was a, a former co-host on one of my podcasts, Happy Hour. So we're reuniting for one day only. He's going to come. He's going to talk fitness. He's going to talk about how he drives. I think it was like 50 pounds, uh, how he's cut like a Greek god now. Uh, he's going to do a personal fat test or whatever. I don't know. There's a proper terminology, but he's going to see how much body fat I have. He's going to put me and Mike to the test uh, with push-up contests, maybe something else. I don't know what he has in store for us, but it's going to be a good, happy, fun go time. And of course, we're going to give some swag away. We got Telus books. I got some loot. I got some, uh, I got some, everything is awesome swag to give away. So we're going to have a lot of fun at the Philadelphia Podcast Fest on August 21st, 2 p.m. at Tattooed Moms on South Street. Hang out for the entire day because our guest this week, Dan Drago, he's rounding the night out at 7 p.m. as the uh, first weekend of the Philadelphia Podcast Fest comes down uh, with him. So it's going to be fun. We'll see you next time right here only on awesomepodcast.com.